1: Good evening everyone, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast Here tonight without Pastor uh, Bob Simons He is absent tonight, having some uh, family Christmas time tonight And in his place is me, and uh, me is Brother Seth Springer I uh, do attend the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson um, at I think it's 501 Elks Drive now used to be 105 7th Avenue West back in the day when I was in here uh, running the controls. Um, but now it's uh, 501 Elks Drive, the old Elks building. We, we have that now remodeled. It is a beautiful church facility. But Pastor Simons is not here tonight. Um, and I know what it's like uh, to be, to tune into a radio station or some kind of radio broadcast where um, you know there is a dynamic speaker that's always on. And whatever he gets sick or he's gone, the show is just never the same. The radio show is just never the same. So I understand tonight if you want to go ahead and turn off your radio, I can totally understand that, comprehend that, because, uh, Pastor Simon is definitely a dynamic, anointed, uh, pastor. And, uh, and, uh, if you, so if you want a great radio shoe, uh, show, just tune in next week and, uh, he should be back. Uh, Lord willing, let's all pray. Uh, he'll be back, um, but yeah, it's a free country until then, so if you want to just go ahead and turn off, you sure can, but if not, if you just want to stick with us tonight, uh, f- uh, please uh, certainly feel free to do that, and uh, like I said, my name is Brother Seth Springer, I am a minister in the church here, uh, New Life Pentecostal Church, we're actually starting a church in Bowman, North Dakota, we have a little building there, uh, right on Main Street, we're located 18 North Main, right in Bowman, on uh, on Main Street, and if you're in the Bowman area and you're hearing this tonight, we certainly would love to have you. Uh, we just invite you down uh, Thursday nights, 7.30 p.m. We have a midweek Bible study as of right now. we love to have you. And then uh, someday here in the future, we'll have a Sunday service. But right now, we just have one uh, midweek service. And uh, again, Pastor Simons is out tonight if you're tuning in. Just some family Christmas stuff. So I'm going to be filling in for him tonight. But it is definitely an honor. Uh, to be picked to uh, try to fill in for Pastor Simons. So These are some big shoes to fill in for. And I don't know if I can completely fill them, but I will give it my best attempt tonight. But let's go ahead and get into the Word of God on this on this uh, radio show. That's what we're here for. And um, if you have your Bible, if you want to follow along, that'd be great. We're going to get into a topic um, tonight that is uh, a... What would be the word? A prevailing issue of the day, maybe. Let's let's say it like that. And uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out tonight to Yvonne, if she's listening down in Bowman. Um, uh, and then I guess Becky tonight just texted me. Um, I'm not sure how she got my number, but she texted me. And so we're glad to have you guys listening. And just give a shout-out to Yvonne again down in Bowman. She goes to our church. So that's, that's great to have her listening tonight. But uh, what are you loving... The most it's kind of what we want to talk about tonight what are you loving the most if you have your Bible like I said let's just read here Mark chapter 12 verses 28 through 31 we're going to read uh, four verses there and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 22 verse 35 through 40 we're going to read there too but Mark chapter 12 verse 28 says And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, speaking of Jesus, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandment is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In verse 30, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart With all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And then verse 31. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And then Matthew 22, 35. Then one of them, this is a parallel, the same story. Uh, Just a different writer, different uh, gospel account of what was going on here. Then one of them, which was the lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then verse 40, Jesus says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And after this song, after this little break here, um, we're going to get into that tonight. Uh, Who do you love? Just hang with us right after the break here. history I believe that was Lance Appleton. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast tonight. Brother Seth Springer filling in for Pastor Simons. Um, just gone tonight with some family Christmas stuff. Glad for him that he gets to do that tonight. Um, and we are from the New Life. I don't know if I gave it a good enough introduction when I started out. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, 501 Elks Drive. Um and they put on this radio broadcast. If this is your first time tuning in every week, Pastor Simes is usually here, knocks it out of the park. It's called the Tell It Like It Is Radio Broadcast, and he will tell it like it is. And so um yeah, we're gonna try to do that tonight. But what we're talking about tonight is is who do you you know, um, you know, I guess one of the I got like seventeen titles for this tonight, but what are you loving the most, or who do you love the most? And First, I'd like to start out with, you know, how does God want us to live as humanity? You know, God has a way that he would like humanity to live. You know, God does not think that like us humans. You know, his ways are better than ours. Um, God is far above us. He has a perfect plan for humanity. Uh, he has a perfect plan of how humanity should live for him. How humanity or humans should live with each other. And then what all we should do to make that all work. You know, sometimes it's it's easy. I'm just diving in here tonight. If you read the Bible, anybody ever read the Bible? And sometimes you just stop and you say, that doesn't really make sense to me. You know, maybe it's just beyond you. And I'm not talking like you're reading King James English and you just don't understand a word that we don't use in our modern culture. I'm talking about you just read something like that. Wow, that doesn't blows my mind. You know, I think sometimes that is because, uh, you know, when, when, you know, humanity can never fully comprehend or understand the depth and wisdom and the just the sheer knowledge of God. You know, but as a young man, I'm 24 years old. I, I, I feel like a, I'm, I'm still young. Jasek's in the studio. Am I young, Jasek? Or am I old? Okay, all right. He says I'm old, I think. Um, I have already come to understand something that has helped me so much in life as a young man. But it's this, God knows best. God knows what he is talking about. Jesus has all the answers in this life. We don't, but if we put our faith in him and trust him, we can completely relax and realize God's got this. He's got this. You know, I've seen things in my short life, and I call it short, but some some lives are shorter, of course, but in my short life, that have already had an astounding impact in my life. I've seen firsthand and experienced the power on the presence of God. I've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, just like on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, where they spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. I've received that in my own life. And that, 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 that baptism of the Holy Ghost is for every person under the sound of my voice and those who aren't under the sound of my voice. It's for everybody. You know, I've seen where I didn't have money in my bank account. You know, enough, I had enough to pay either my tithes to my offering, which the Bible talks about paying your tithes, um, or I had enough to pay a bill. And I, you know, it was either pay my tithes to God or, or pay, pay my bill, um, to, for my insurance. And, uh, and I remember that time I was young, I was younger then. And, and, and I remember, you know what, God, I'm going to do things your way. And I remember paying my tithes in my offering. And I uh, remember the next day I got an email while I was at work, and it said, hey, that bill that you had, we just wrote that off. And, uh, you know, some people might think that as a coincidence. I think that was God doing his thing. You know, that's God just just being amazing. You know, uh, God provided for me financially. I've seen God do one miracle in my life right after another, over and over again. All the way from physically to financially, God has got this. He does. You know, I could go on, I could cover this whole show about miracles has got, uh, that God has done just for me in my short life. But it's, it's not because I'm something great, it's because God is good. And Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, and he's talking about Satan, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And I have experienced this abundant life. It's a good life living for God. It is a good life living for God. It is the best life. There is no other life I would rather be living than the life I have right now for Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, Jason, I wouldn't want to be some billionaire somewhere. With all the money in the world, I wouldn't. I love this life living for God right where he put me. I do. Well, you know, I, I'm sure my wife wouldn't mind having a little bit more money, of course. But but I, I don't. I love this life living for God. But God has a certain way he wants us to live. He's got a certain plan for us to accomplish. And it's not usually how we think it should Always be. But as Isaiah the prophet says in Isaiah 55, 8, and 9, he says, For my thoughts, this is God speaking, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, God wants relationship with humanity. He wants us to live pure, uh, He wants us to live clean, righteous, Lives. God wants us separated. This is His plan. So we're talking about the plan of God for humanity right now. He wants us separated from sin. He wants us uh, separated unto Himself. The Bible says in Exodus 20, when God is passing out the Ten Commandments, that uh, I believe it's verse 5, that God is a jealous God. You know, some critics might think, well, that's certainly childish of God to be jealous. But let me, you know, let me take your precious little cell phone away. For like 45 seconds, and suddenly someone in the room named you will be jealous about me taking your cell phone. Why? Because in our modern world, it's a very precious possession to people. But it's the same way with God. He loves us. I think it's a little more than a cell phone. We can do without that. But He wants no one to take away His precious possession, us. You know, uh, besides, He knows what's best for us, anyways. You know, living for God is a good, it's good. You know, living a holy life for God is the best life, Jason. You know, the Bible says in Romans fourteen seventeen it says, the kingdom of God, it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Man, that sounds so horrible to me. Man, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many out of you out there, um, you know, really just hate those words. And, you know, how many out there love confusion? You love strife. You love dysfunction. You love sin. Would you please raise your hand? You know, I can't see you anyway, so I'm just going to pretend you're not out there because you probably aren't raising your hand anyways. But God, who gives abundant life, you know, there's there's righteousness, there's peace and joy, and there's security and wholeness and living for God. There's sobriety of mind. There's a purpose and a calling. And there's everything that humanity needs to survive and thrive. And they all come from living for God. Uh, the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. And that statement is a secular, uh, secularly, is that the right word, secularly? Like a secular idea? Like it's a secular proven fact that people without a purpose in life die. They have no. There's no point to life. I remember, and this is not in my notes, but I remember uh, reading a story of it was near the end of World War II, and there was these Jewish uh, prisoners in a German uh, Nazi camp, and uh, these Jewish prisoners were doing things. They were creating things, uh, you know, in, in some kind of warehouse. They were creating. I don't know if it was bullets or ammunition or bombs or whatever, but they had a purpose. and They would get up in the morning, they would work, and they obviously didn't have very much food, and it was a miserable time for them. If you ever do any reading on that, it was horrible. And, and, uh, the, I guess their factory, you know, they would take them at night to the barracks, and the next morning, march them to the factory if I understand everything right. And, uh, one night, their factories got bombed. And it was towards the end of the war. And, and the, uh, German, uh, prison, uh, guards had the Jewish men, the, the uh, the ones that were, uh, in prison there, they had them line up the next morning, and they took them out to this lot and there was this huge pile of sand and Before all this happened, you know every day these these Jews would get up and they would work sun up, sundown, you know that type thing and then and, and at the end of this this um, uh, you know the, when their factory got bombed, um, they had no task to accomplish they had no purpose. And the the Germans wanted to still make them work and just physical labor them for some reason. But the they made these Jewish men take a pile of sand from one end of this um, this leveled courtyard. Uh, they would put it in bags and then they would carry that whole pile of sand to the other end. And then they would repeat uh, repeat the process every day. Move this pile of sand and then move it back the next day and then move it. Back the next day, and then move it back the next day. And after like three days or just a few days, these Jewish guys started losing their minds. Some would run, uh, and try to get through the electric fence and, and then be shot while they were trying to do it. But they just thought without a purpose, they had no vision, the people perish. And so living for God, God gives humanity everything you need. You know, He'll take care of you. Uh, you know, there's a scripture, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. God will take care of you financially. This is universally true. Um, you know, God will uh, give you a purpose to reach souls, to reach those who really need God. God will give you a vision. I mean, it's it's great. It's a great life living for God. You know, I could talk about any of these subjects tonight for like an hour and a half if I wanted to, but I'm not. But God has a way for you to live. And tonight, I want to talk about we haven't got into it already. What do you love most? How's these two connected? What do you love the most? That was Phillips Craigs Craig and Dean. This is the tell like it is radio broadcast tonight. Uh, Brother Seth Springer filling in for Pastor Simons um, yeah let 's get back into it. you know we were before the break, we were talking uh, just about god 's perfect plan for humanity, and he has a perfect plan. For you. And we didn't really get super specific. That would take way a long time, but we're already halfway through this thing. I need to hustle through these notes. But, you know, what our world is doing. So God has a perfect plan, but our world is doing something totally different. You know, we live in a society, in a country, uh, in a culture, whatever word you want to use, uh, that's being influenced away from godly, biblical, Principles and increasingly being moved towards unholy, unbiblical uh, lifestyles. Well, real quick, I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine, uh, Brother George Gabrud, out there in Tower City, uh, and maybe the Gabrud family as well. I say hi to them. Love those people. Good people. But does anyone know that our world is not getting more godly? Like, like are we, we aren't getting better as a society? Uh, and as a world, you know, uh, if, if you've noticed stats, I love stats and we'll get into that a little bit later. But suicide rates are not decreasing. Drug overdose numbers are not going down. Clinical depression is anything but coming to a screeching halt. Uh, it's horrible. In our world today, if you compare our, our society, um, uh, to, to the standard of the Word of God, we are almost completely opposed as a majority. To the Word of God, you know. Don't get me wrong. I, I know in North, in uh, Southwest North Dakota, we still, for the most part, are a moral, we're a hardworking, ethical people. But it will not be like that for much longer, unless there's a change. There's The young people of North Dakota are ever increasing. Oh, by the way, we're in Dickinson, North Dakota. In case you guys are listening uh, uh, out of country or out of state. Um, If you want to text Pastor Simes tonight, you can, I'm sure, 701, uh, is it 290-7862, I believe is the number for him. If you want to text him, I think he's still all right with that. But um, the young people of North Dakota are ever increasingly being moved away from biblical principles to nothingness or to ungodliness. Most uh, in our state, I would argue, don't have a strong biblical foundation there's always the exception that proves the rule but there is not a trust in god but in other things among young people you know i i graduated from high school in 2012 that was six and a half years ago i'm old but you know i graduated from bellfield high school and back then it wasn't super great and i don't know how um uh, how that, uh, it's getting any better. I don't believe it is. Uh, and, you know, Belfield as a community, I lived there uh, until just this year, and then we moved to Bowman to start the uh, church there. But uh, it's a pretty decent community, really, for the most part. People around are just decent people. Like I said, you know, they're hardworking, they're ethical. For the most part, they're moral people. But I remember uh, as a senior in Bellfield, I went there for my senior year of high school, and um. Uh, hearing a conversation between two underclassmen, and apparently there was two girls in the freshman class, my senior year, who were supposedly homosexual. And they were in some kind of relationship. But one of the underclassmen, I, you know, over, over here, heard this conversation, and, uh, he said something like this, you know, I think it's weird that they're like that, or something to that effect. I think it's weird. And the other, who was a, just a good Catholic kid, he said, well, they love each other, so what does that matter? I'm like, how about it matters to God, you know, but people are being influenced to think differently. You know, my, you might hear on this radio show my pastor sometimes preaching on, uh, on here against television and Hollywood and, and all this mess. And I guess it's not really going to be any different tonight. You know, I've seen the effects firsthand of a culture and generation influenced and affected and changed by the complete garbage, and, uh, garbage and trash coming out of Hollywood and netflix and let's cover all the bases youtube now uh same garbage coming out of there being pumped out of there and people are being influenced to think sin is okay and i i would argue them it's because of hollywood and social media and sports stars who think because they have some fame that they are experts on the social issues of our day we have this thought in our day uh that's that's prevailing become a prevailing thought it's it's all about making me happy. It's all about self. It's all about my life. You know, where is that coming from? And it's not God. It's not God. Jesus didn't didn't agree with that. I can say the reason we preach so strong against movies and the garbage that is being pumped out by Hollywood is because it's convincing people that sin and self-love is okay. Would anybody like to argue that? Okay, no contenders. You know, it's convincing people that life has no purpose, really. So we should try our hardest in this short life to make the most out of it, which usually means uh, for young people, all the sex, all the drugs and beer that you can handle or you can't handle. You know, in other in other uh, if it's not that it's going to be materialism. And if it's not that it's going to be some kind of uh, just relationship. One thing to the next. People are increasingly becoming self-centered and self-pleasing. It's all about me, 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 me. People are being influenced by Hollywood. I'll say it. Uh, to uh, and let's throw in Disney in there. Can we throw in Disney too? Because there's, it's not okay either. Um, it's just a, uh, it's just a road down to Hollywood. You know, <laughs> it's 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 like marijuana is the gateway drug. I think Disney is is the gateway drug. Oh, it's good preaching. But people are are influenced to think it's all about them. And it's becoming the prevailing way of thinking. You know, I'm almost convinced you can take a selfish society anywhere you want them to go, especially into sin. If you can convince a self-centered person that taking their life is the best por- uh, form of solving their problems, guess what? They will do it. If you can convince someone that's self-centered, the best way not to wreck your perfect life by having a baby uh, is that you should have an abortion, guess what? They'll do it. If you can tell a selfish, self-centered individual just because your spouse isn't making you perfectly happy, it means you have a right to cheat on them and get a divorce, guess what? They'll do it. They'll do it. You know, there's a TV show called uh, uh, The Affair, The Affair, and it is about an affair. I didn't look into all the I tried to look up some of it, uh, some of the details. You know, just just make sure I knew what I was talking about. But just to have a, and it isn't about unfair. That's horrible. But just to have a TV show, a glorifying an affair between, uh, you know, people of different marriages coming together and having a relationship. That's wrong. That's terrible. Why would you glorify that? But in our opening scripture, Jesus says the whole law hangs on these two things: love God and love your neighbor. Okay, these are practical things he's not just saying have some kind of inside feeling of love this heart love whatever that means uh this butterfly feeling in your tummy you know he's not saying just have that feeling towards god and towards people he's it's an action loving god and loving people is a doing thing you living for god changes every area of your being it will change how you talk how you dress either you're going to dress modest or you're going to dress immodest uh, how you work how your integrity it's going to affect how you raise your children it's going to affect every, what music you listen to praise god this is but mm, no, i'm just kidding but loving your neighbor is a practical thing that means you obviously you don't kill your neighbor you don't steal that means when you see someone in need you reach out to them that's unselfishness With consistency is loving your neighbor. Because people that don't believe in God can be nice, but they cannot do it consistently. Christians, true Christians have a consistency about them. There's all kinds of things with this loving your neighbor. I believe uh, the greatest show of love in the world would be to share the gospel of salvation let's do that right now let's just take about a second here um jesus said you must be born uh, in john chapter 3 you must be born again of the water and of the spirit and on the day of pentecost peter preached in acts chapter 2 verse 38 what the uh the response to the gospel which is the death the burial and the resurrection of jesus christ and being the perfect sacrifice for your sin he said the response to the gospel is the application of the gospel. You must be, uh, you repent, you must die out to your sin. You must be uh, uh, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's burial. And you must uh, be, and you will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is a, a newness of life, a resurrection. And that is the application of the gospel. In just in case you've never heard that. So if you've never repented of your sins, you've never been baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, which is full immersion in water, uh, and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking other tongues, that's for you, and you can have that. Praise God. Let's move on. You know, it makes it makes perfect sense for those who are going away from the things of God, that you'll have a people instead of serving God and others, they will serve themselves. And sin. So instead of... If you're moving away from God, you're going to serve self and sin. Not God and others. I think it's Thuton, uh, New, Thuton, Newton's third law. Uh, is to every action there's an opposite or equal reaction. Does that make sense? So when you're not going to love and serve God, you serve Satan. When you're not going to love and serve others, you serve yourself. It's impossible Impossible to serve both Satan and God. It's impossible to consistently love others and to be stuck on yourself. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, he said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The And the influential voices of the day are promoting these thoughts on self-centeredness. It is, it's 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 pathetic, to say the least, and it's obviously not working. It's not improving our world. Sayings like, uh, you know, follow your heart. Do what feels right. You know, I just want to be happy. It's not working, and it's not going to work. First of all, because it goes against God's word. Second, you think about it, that's a horrible way to live. There's this little thing I got taught once. I was depressed because I was stuck on me back when I was a teenager for a period of time. I was it was new to life, really. I was you know kind of my first year on my own, and uh, I had a lot of bills to pay, and I didn't, wasn't making that much money, and and I was just depressed, and I was just thinking about me, me, me. And I remember uh, brother Dave Dickey. If he's li- listening tonight, brother Dave and sister Rachel Dickey, they took me. They were I was uh, I was uh, um, renting their basement. Or a room in their basement. And uh, they were such godly influences in my life during that time. And I, I remember Brother Dave saying one night, you know, why don't you try joy? And it's an acronym. I believe that's the right word. You know, Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between, J-O-Y. And uh, and guess what? That works. People are claiming that we must sit back and just approve of ungodly lifestyles in our in our day and age. You know if I was standing somewhere where I shouldn't be and I was about to get crushed by a speeding bus, would somebody please tell me that I'm in the wrong and I should move. Like please, just tell me that. I don't want to get killed by a bus, okay? You know, it, it that just would not feel good. I mean, dying would be nice, you know, it'd be great to be with Jesus and eternity. Uh, but just that that the moment of of pain and sheer hurt um, would just not be what I want to experience. It's not really the way I want to go, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but, you know, it's not love to say, hey, man, you're all right. Just stand there. We accept you for who you are. We accept you for where you want to stand. And boom, I'm dead. No, love is like, hey, move. You're really not in the best spot you should be in. I suggest you move. But people in our day are urging this garbage of I accept you just the way you are. I accept you just the way you are, and more than that, churches—certainly not apostolic churches—but their churches are saying, "We accept you the way you are. Just come as you are," and they—they want to leave people that way. But Jesus says, "Come as you are," <laughs> but I'm going to change you. You know. He, but other words, you know, if you hear somebody saying, "Hey, get out of the way of sin. This isn't going to end well for you," that's love. You know, that's acceptance is not the way to go. Love is the way to go. Love is is say, hey, this is going to hurt you. You should not be living this lifestyle. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast tonight. Uh, this is Brother Seth Springer filling in for Pastor Simons. Uh, Lord willing, he will be back next week. I'm going we're gonna go to a break him a uh, break him a break right now. And I'm trying to find a song. It's been a long time since I've been in the. the radio broadcast but here we go praise God Just one way, just one road to be on. And this is the road, the road with God. Amen. This is the right way, the right path to be on. Tonight we're talking about who do you love, who do you really love. And uh, I'm just going to try to pick up from the last segment here. You know, we're talking about kind of the condition of our world just, you know, what they believe. Um, and I'm talking about kind of society as a whole. Not really. I mean, there's good individuals in every group. Um, but as a whole, we're kind of being pushed this way. And I believe it's by the influence of television, Hollywood, social media. I mean, these, just all this. But the, the what are the effects of what our world Uh, Of what our world is doing What are the effects Or what would be the consequences Let's say like that Of what our world is doing right now You know by accepting everything You know I was reading an article the other day And there was something uh, that is measured in our nation Called life expectancy And in this article it was reported That the United States of America Our life expectancy just went down In 2018, it went down. You know, in the day when medical breakthroughs are becoming commonplace, uh, deaths due to heart disease and cancer becoming less and less, our life expectancy is going down. You know, people, uh, if you get that, if you understand, people's lives are statistically becoming shorter. You know, in this article, it reported that life expectancy dropped in the United States from 787 To 78.6. So that's not just a huge dramatic increase. But it went down. After years and years of going up. I think for the past three years it's been going down. You know for the average US citizen. The reason it, it dropped. Was due to the rise. In premature deaths. Due to drug overdose. And suicides. In the United States. In 2018. Something is not adding up here. You know, we live and I will take you to the mat on this, anybody, we live in one of the greatest, most free, wealthiest nations in the world, and yet people are taking their lives and overdosing. That does not sound right. Something is not spiritually right here. People, you know, uh you know, people might say, Oh, I think well it's it's not drugs or whatever. Oh, where am I going with this? You know, uh, people might say, you know, it's stuff that's going to make me happy. You know, we live in, uh, in, in per capita, we live in the 11th most wealthy nation in the world. We have a few uh, European nations in front of us and uh, a bunch of um, really small Arabic uh, oil nations in front of us. We're doing pretty good financially. And yet people are not... You know, happy or content. You know, we, we have money, especially in southwest North Dakota and in northwest North Dakota with the oil field. Um, there is good money here, good jobs here. Um, we have money like most of the world. The majority of the world doesn't even understand. We complain when we go out to eat, which is a luxury, about our food not being there within seven minutes. We are wealthy and yet people are not happy to the extent that our life expectancy is going down. You know, Brother Joe Hostetler this morning in, in Sunday school, uh if, by the way, we have services. New Life Pentecostal Church has services on Sunday morning, 10 o'clock a.m. is Sunday school. 11 o'clock is worship service. We'd love to have you. Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock is prayer, 7.30 p.m. is church Church service, my brother Joe Hostel this morning in Sunday school, an adult Sunday school class, was talking, uh, and he made this statement. He said, sin is fun for a season. Okay, that's a biblical concept. Sin is fun for a season. But one of these days, you're going to wake up and realize sin isn't fun, and right at that point, it becomes bondage, and it's your master. You know, I believe we are starting to see the ramifications of people realizing that all the sinful entertainment and self-pleasure and self-centeredness is really not all that fun. And that life without God and without hope is pointless. So there is a turning to drugs. And there is a turning to suicide. That's just the ultimate fulfillment of selfishness is suicide. Really. For the majority of those cases. That's just the ultimate uh, consequence of, of the ultimate selfishness. Yeah, I have the idea of doing what I want to do and this allowing of it isn't a great combination. We accept you for who you are. Statistically, living for God is probably the healthiest, most satisfying lifestyle you can have. You're not drinking and pickling your liver. You're not destroying your lugs by smoking. This We're talking about living for God. This is biblical. You're not ruining your marriage by cheating, and you're not ruining your purity by having uh, sexual relationships before marriage and trust and all that. And you're not worried about what you did while you were high last night because you probably forgot what you did. You don't have to think about all the lives you're hurting by divorcing your spouse when you live for God. You don't have to live in fear because you're not right with God. Because when you live... When you live for God, you don't have to worry about all that. It's a great life living for God. I I mean I could I could go on and on and on. It is a good life. It is the best it is the best life living for God. You know, I mean I've met so I used to hear that growing up in church. You know, I used six I used to six in the studio tonight with me, he's my nephew. He's uh, 16, and uh, I used to hear that old folks, you know, this is the best life, living for God. You know, they'd stand up and testify, and there was one old guy in our church, and I grew up in Arkansas my first 16, almost 17 years, Um, and he would always stand up and testify. God's been better to me than anybody else I know, and I can stand, you know, here today, and I, you know, I can't, obviously, I can't really judge everybody's life. I don't know. But God has been better to me than anybody else I know. You know I know how stupid I was before I completely submitted my life to God. I know how just just ridiculously uh, was it stupid? Can we say that I was before I completely submitted my life to God? You know God has been so good and so merciful. He's got so much more. It does not matter if you're out there tonight what you have done. God will take you. He's not going to leave you that way. He's going to change you for the better. But it doesn't matter what you've done. Living for God is the best life. Hands down. Like there's I got nothing more to say on it. Living for God is the best life ever. Completely submitting everything in your life to God. You know, and it's so sad you know, heard uh, just preaching the just, just recently, but you know, on the day of Pentecost, uh, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and, and then the Bible talks about how they were speaking in other tongues or other languages, you know, that they obviously didn't know, but the Spirit of God was giving them the uh, the utterance, and uh, and you know, people were mocking, like, are these people drunk? And there's a real, thing, you know, God God is powerful. And when you have that experience, it's a powerful experience. But, you know, the the devil has a cheap substitute in the world, and it's called alcohol, and and you'll really get drunk. But you'll actually, with drinking alcohol, you'll wake up with a hangover. You'll wake up with more depression than when you started. You'll wake up not any better off. But when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you might look drunk, but you're going to wake up with righteousness and peace and joy and just a joyful spirit about you because you've been touched by God. We don't have to do the cheap substitute and wreck our lives because we got the real deal, the real good thing, and that's God. It's the best life living for God. J.C., did I say that enough? How many times did I say that? Like 15 already, 16? Okay, 23. Okay, all right. And J.C. Uh, JC's counting tonight. But it's a good life living for God. You can have peace. Okay, I'm moving on. You know, what God wants for us. You know, we've talked about, you know, God's perfect plan. You know, God has a perfect plan for humanity. And then, you know, how how does God want us to live? Then we talked about what our world is really doing. And we talked about, you know, what... Or the ramifications of that, of what our world is really doing. You know, what are the effects and the consequences of our what our world is doing? But what does God want for humanity right now? You know, God has a perfect plan. He does. He has a perfect way to live for him. But what does God want for humanity right now? And I'm speaking very general terms, humanity, people, you know, society. But I'm talking, if you're listening tonight, I'm talking to you, the individual. God has a perfect plan for you if you're not serving him right now. This is what God wants for you or for us. God wants you to do one thing if you haven't. And it's it's called simply repent. Repentance. He wants humanity to turn To him, you know, I use this analogy, this example in my uh, in our church down in Bowman on Thursday nights. You know, if I'm preaching on repentance or I'm preaching Acts chapter two verse thirty-eight or whatever, but repentance is not uh, a one-time prayer of God. I'm sorry for my sins. It includes that. That's not all. It is repentance is a complete change of every way you think contrary to God and every way you act contrary to God. So, for instance, the British military, I use this as the example I use, the British, uh, in the United States military, if a column of troops is marching in one direction, um, you know, they'll, and they want them to suddenly turn on a dime and turn the exact opposite way that they were marching, they'll say, about face. And every every troop in the column, just on a dime, turns around, and marches the opposite direction. In the British military, to my understanding, it's still like this. They will um, it'll be marching in one direction. They'll say, repent, instead of about face. Repent. And the whole column of troop, troops turn on a dime and march the complete opposite way. That's what biblical repentance is. You're going your own selfish way. You're going your own uh godless way. But repentance is this complete turning to God, complete mindset, complete physical change towards God and the things of God. You know, here's why it's so important. In second Peter three nine, the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is God's perfect will. There is a place for those who have only self-love and love sin, but it's not, and that's called hell. But that's not God's perfect plan for us. You know, there's a great preacher in the Bible, John the Baptist, who preached repentance and getting people's heart right, before Jesus showed up on the scene. He wanted them to repent so that they could kind of us, you know, do things right and then kind of be ushered into uh the New Testament here. You know, it's interesting to know that before we could get to Jesus Christ in the scriptures, we had to go through John the Baptist preaching repentance. You know, it works the same way now before we can truly have everything we need from God. Before you get that peace and that joy, and that righteousness that comes from the presence of God, you have to repent and turn away from your sins and follow all of God's word, all of God's word. You cannot make it to heaven living however you want to live, that's selfishness. It must be obedience to the word of God, not portions of it, not our favorite verses, but according to all his word. You cannot live by what your heart says to do, that is the dumbest saying In our, I think in our modern day. Jeremiah 17, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You cannot live by what appeals to your feelings and your emotions. Because that will lead to selfishness. The Bible calls that the flesh. Romans 8, 6, and 7. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity or at war against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. We have to live according to To the word of God. That's the Bible. John chapter 6 verse 63. Jesus said it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. Turn to God. And then he says the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit. And they are life. You want life abundant? You do what Jesus says. This is how we live the life God wants us to have. By obeying his word. Are you following you or are you following the true God of the Bible? It's my hope tonight that if you haven't repented to God, my hope, and my desire for you, the individual listening tonight, is that you will repent, that you will come to God. You need to repent tonight and come to God. I also know a good place you could come. That's the New Life Pentecostal Church. Right here in Dickens. This is the best church, best group of people in this town. Best group of people in the state. Even better than all the other Pentecostal churches. Oh, I'm going to get some flack for that. Except for Bowman, of course. But this is the best place, if you're in the Dickinson area, you could come to church. The truth is is preached. Pastor Simon's, you know, our radio show is called the Tell It Like It Is show, but Pastor Simon's tells it like it is no matter where he's at. You know, <laughs> he just does not play around. And neither does God. God's not playing around tonight either. If you haven't repented, you need to repent tonight. Turn it all over to God. Get this selfishness out. Maybe get, throw your TV away because that's just kind of feeding that selfishness, that urge. Oh, i got to be done. I think we're just about out of time. Praise God. You know, I'm going to put out one last plug here um, for uh, the New Life Pentecostal Church. 501 Elks Drive, right here in Dickinson. Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock, is uh, adult Sunday school, and we have children's Sunday schools. 11 o'clock is our worship service. Wednesday nights at 7.30 Uh, PM, we have worship service, and we'd love to have you. Praise God. You know, Lord willing, next week, Pastor Simons will be back. Praise God. Lord willing, like I said, Pastor Simons will be back next week. This is the tell like it is show. Good night.
2: I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the